Yeah, so, what's doing? I think I want to try to do a podcast. A what? What's that? Well, I, well, I talk about what I do during the day and maybe conversations. Oh, because I never heard that term. So what is it, you, what you do during the day? And maybe Joel wants to uh, be on it. He thinks he'd be a good critic, a TV critic, that he'd be the best. They're waiting for him to be a film critic. You know well, what I mean? Well, maybe he could call in, yeah. Calling in is different. So what do you put it on the Internet? Yeah. Yeah, too bad I don't have it. I never heard that term before. Have what is the name again? A podcast. Pot, cast, P-O-T. P-O-D-C-A-S-T. All right, I never heard that term. Okay, I'm Fred Stoller, and that's my mother, who doesn't know what a podcast is, and let's hope I know what one is, because I'm going to try to do one. And this is, I think, my first official one. I did a trial last week, and we it's taken a while. I have a title. The mild... What is that clicking in the ear? Is something bad? Are we Okay. Okay, here's the title. The, it gave me a chance to think of what it was. The Mild Adventures of Fred Stoller. And maybe there'll be a theme with music. and and um, Because what do I For do during... people with ulcers. Yeah, people, my mother always says, what do you do during the day? And it seems like I don't do anything, but I walk around. I try to decide what to eat. People annoy me, or, or I sometimes have a good conversation. I... I, I'm going to introduce these two really great people, but I want to do a first, uh, just an example of what happened today, uh, an adventure. I, 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 I could. I always wanted to say I wrote the book on the guest star life. I literally did. Called, Maybe we'll have you back. I'm a guest star guy, never been a regular. So my landlord looked me up on the internet. He got savvy. He goes, "You've been on a lot of shows. I didn't know you're rich." I go, I'm not. And he sees all these credits. My friend's son said, Dad, Fred has more credits than a famous person. See, if I just was on Becker for four years, just had that one credit, I'd own a house. But it looks like I'm rich. So he goes, you know, you're taking advantage. We, this is a great area. You should move out and buy a house because I could raise the rent. So, so I'm freaked out. He's trying to think of a way to get rid of me. So I, this is how sick I am. I go to the farmer's market. I hope to bump into other character actors because I commiserate. To, and I want to do like a cribs for like character actors. I asked this guy, <laughs> could I film your house to show my landlord that just because you have a lot of credits, you don't live in a big house. So, so I, 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 ha I have that book I mentioned, and I did these events, Fred Stoller and the Guest Stars, a comedy, try to promote it. So we had Larry Hankin... And he told such great stories, and so I guess this is the introduction now. Um, so many things, and I he's one of these guys, everything. You should write a book, because you've been, oh, wait a minute, that's been done. Now maybe you could do. Um, he was, just to name a few, he played Kramer on Seinfeld, the show within the show, the pilot, Mr. Heckles on Friends, the junkyard guy, on Breaking Bad, I, I got questions I, I have to ask him about WKRP in Cincinnati, Escape from Alcatraz, um, Laverne and Shirley. I'm not even reading this off a thing. Now, I became aware of you. I always knew you. Uh, Home Alone, we'll get into stories. And Amber Torzen is sitting with Torzen. <laughs> so I won't get the. Uh, she said if she feels sorry for someone, she makes out with them. So I, I, I blew my my thing. I used to. Oh, used to. Okay. Well, now I won't even get any anything because I messed the name up. But I bumped into her at Farmers Market this morning, walking around. I hope to have interactions and commiserate, and. Uh, so I said, yeah, but we've been talking about yes, that for a few she, weeks. she's going to come here. <clears throat> she's really big on Twitter. She's written on lots of shows. She's got things going on and she's got a very smart vibe. <clears throat> now, Larry, one of my first jobs was my worst one because they were trying to fire me, Singer and Sons. And oh, you yeah. were on that. And that's where we became sort of friendly. Yeah. And um, 
you played do you do you always do you always play the same kind of like you know homeless kind of yeah yeah you know kind of well, that was a choice i made i made that choice that i cuz i didn't want to put on costumes and i didn't <laughs> want to get dressed and i so i just always <laughs> oh, yeah, i didn't want to shave and, so i said let me just play all these homeless guys and then i've developed it into a, a feature movie now i think yeah, yeah, we'll talk about if anyone's listening things to promote. <laughs> Everybody's listening. I, you know, you know. Look, I don't want to get cocky. Go, hey, you could promote things. I've been on so many podcasts where it's someone doing Skype in Minneapolis. Well, not always Minneapolis. Some guy in their apartment. They go, hey, what would you like to plug, Fred? And I go, no one's listening to this. <laughs> so I don't want to be delusional. Hey, you could promote your thing. You you never know. But I'm hoping to do something where. If there's fans and and just do it every week and and talk and and hope now I want to it's I w- therapy yeah yeah and I, now look I wanted to, I, we did an event at Flappers and you kind of got mad at me because I was trying to compliment you really? I I introduced you and it came out the wrong way I said you're underrated meaning. People do this to me. Either they think I'm the biggest celebrity. Oh, do you need a writer's assistant? And they don't know I'm just some guy like napping all day. Or they go, how come you never made it? No, I didn't say that. (laughs) They go, how come you haven't made it? Because Larry's similar in that he's done a million things but never hit the big home run and stuff. So I said under – so he played – when you were a a Kramer, you were so good. You're so funny. I didn't – you know, I said – but you said it's your choice. You could have been Kramer. Michael Richards is a genius. Yeah. But you could have just as easily been on Seinfeld for nine years, and you would have, Kramer would have been different. It would have been angry and edgier, a darkness. But I'm just saying, you're. I know it sounds wrong. He's as genius a character actor as Jim Carrey, so much. But I again, I'm. Well, I, let me. Oh, could you talk to him? I learned. Yeah. Well, because let's I, make this. I've. This has come up a, a lot, so I think I've right. kind of figured it out. No, I, uh, first of all, I don't like, uh, I have a learning disability, uh, ADHD, but it's pretty serious. And so I, it's Before very, it was, everyone had it, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I've had it since I was a, a kid and never knew it. Wow. It's, it's different if you know it, but if you don't know it, man, it, it, um, it, it becomes a mystery as to why you're misinterpreting information. You, you, you say, I thought that was right, but it's wrong. So I, one of these things is you, you, it's hard to, for me to memorize lines. So I would avoid any uh, thing that was too many lines. And the more pay you get, the more lines you get. <laughs> and so I backed off I have that too in a way, but I don't know if I have ADHD. I just like, I like being comfortable. Uh, Wait, when pressure. did you know that you had it? Did you about, about actually it it surfaced about ten years ago? So I went through my major creative life not knowing I had ADHD and and avoiding parts where I had like you know a lot of lines yeah, like yeah. a whole page. Of lines. Are we having an earthquake or? I thought I, I felt so. Okay, um, so so so, um, so it's my doing. In other, in other words, what I'm saying is, it's not that I am unrecognized. It's I oh, no. didn't want to be. You, I didn't want to be recognized. I, I said no. If I'm going to memorize my a lot of lines, then I will uh, write my own stuff and memorize my own lines. And so that's that's what I was doing. Okay. See, um, with and which developed into me now. Out of show business, no, and into, right. uh, out of show business, and into making my own movies. Yeah, oh yeah, That's yeah. Different. Actually, one of the questions we got is, you and Larry should do a podcast, a podcast, but uh, a web series. I always like the chemistry with this guy. Like he's the aggressive. So we, we we'll try to we'll think of something. If you ever want a favor, I know you film so much. Yeah, but now it's 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 kind of plugged in already recently. It's, All right, so I'm on it. I'm on a I mean, no, we can still do it, but in huh. other words, I finally found uh people who want to do what I want to do, not what they want me to do. Okay. So what you're saying that you that you've stopped trying to fit in to to Yeah. Hollywood and work on right. I gave up my agent. I gave yeah, up yeah. my manager. Wow. I, I just said, okay, I'm just stepping off the edge, and no. it's great. It's, yeah, it's great. And well, you're making movies. 
I'm making my own. I'm just doing my own words, and that's it. Well, I yeah, Woody Allen, you know, I mean, yeah. an elder. <laughs> well, you know, I have something similar, and I, where I grew up, maybe because I had no confidence, and I, I, gravi- I was never funny. I was depressed and pathologically shy. But when I'd see character actors like guys you may not know, Herb Edelman or Ron Liebman or weird guys who had three lines in a movie, I go, I could be that. I never thought I could be Clint Eastwood, obviously, or even Elliot Gould. So I, I remember I was seeing a shrink. He, he goes. I go, I fantasize being the guy in Dog Day Afternoon who chickens out, or the guy with three lines, who's that? He goes, you should have bigger dreams than that. So I don't know if it was ADHD. I just thought, that's possible. Like, I always have crushes on people I think may actually look at me. You know what I mean? So it's in the realm of possibility. So I didn't ever think I want to be a star. But then when I got into it, I thought, yeah, I'm always, like, at the the the, the the craft service table, hearing the guys from Raymond talk about what they're going to wear to Emmys, their new houses. So then I go, yeah, I'd like to be a regular and, and do more. I'm not complaining. But when you say ADHD with me, but I, maybe I have it too because uh, I like, uh, yeah, not the pressure. And sorry for going all over this place, but you have a great story about Breaking Bad. You have so many great stories. Now, you said what the learning um, disability of getting lots of material um, you said when you had to memorize a lot of stuff. Yeah. It would take me a, a long time. In other words, one of the things uh, b- before I just tossed it all in, uh, for years what I would do is if I would get a part, I would tell my agent to tell him to get me the script as soon as possible so so that I would have a long lead time to memorize is it is it uh, what's it called not Tourette's um (laughs) (laughs) I have Tourette's also Uh, yeah um what's the (laughs) other thing uh dyslexia yeah yeah yeah. okay right so how would you memorize did you it would just take me uh hours and I you know you just repeat it over and over again but since I didn't know I had ADHD I was forcing it yeah and you know I I've always showed up and and memorized the i you know, never blew the lines, not much, just like any other actor. But uh, So I always worked. But uh, when I found out that I had ADHD and that's why, it was such a relief that I didn't need as much time. My mind started to relax. It's really weird. You you start to... Now, You had a label. Yeah, yeah, I always wish... I was telling Amber this morning... But by I, then I wanted out, so it, it didn't matter whether right. I could do it a little better. But and it was I, a relief to know that that it was you were diagnosed with something. I understand. I understand. Such a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, amazing. I, you probably yeah, went you from feel like smarter. Yeah, you're, you're just, like, holy I'm, cow. You know, I always wish that yeah. like. I, I was telling Amber, I wish I was an alcoholic because then I could go, <laughs> I surrender, I quit, mm-hmm. and my life blossomed. And my mother, I always envied people whose mothers really hit them and, and threw them down the steps because, oh, you have a label. My mixed messages yeah. screw up a kid more. And I yeah. once brought it to my shrink. And the next session, he goes, I think she's schizophrenic. And even though he's a worse shrink, she's not schizophrenic. But I was so excited. Yeah, I got a label. I always tape phone calls with my mother. I want evidence that she's messed me up. <laughs> I I always say it's like the show uh, Mr. Ed, how he'd only talk for Wilbur, and it looked like he was crazy. So I always want to be validated. So I know what you mean, the relief of a label, and I wish I had, like, something. So, so, and I have the same thing where, well, I left, we had the same age, and I, I left him after 10 years. I, I didn't want to leave him because I'd always bump into him at Fred Willard's parties and, and hate confrontation, and I, and I, and I finally did. And but tell tell them about the, the Breaking Bad, how you were overwhelmed. You had so many lines you had to do. Well, uh, yeah, Is he talking I, I was into just, the mic. OK, yeah, yeah okay. I, I was um, it was on the, the, the second one. The first one I, I I aced because they they invited me back. So I guess I did well. But you, you know. said that's the thing I had you no, had the second time at, at the second time I, I went up on a couple of lines. But. I mean, all actors at some point yeah. go up on a line, but since I had that thing in the back of my memory, you know, I, it's very hard for me. I'm very sensitive about going up on lines. Where other actors just go up on lines and say, ah, I'll do it again. Well, to me, it was uh, so. A- anyway, br- I was doing a scene with Brian Cranston, Cranston, and I went up on my lines, you know, okay. 
Then I went up on my line again, you know. And and this time, he was like being but, the guy, not Brian. He was Walter White. That's yeah, intimidating. Yeah. You want to mess oh. up. And, and Walter White Walter looks White. at you. Like, I didn't know whether he was being Walter or Brian, and I was screwing up, or he was just screwing with me because that's what they do a lot, you know. Oh, yeah. So so I got, boom, I got started to get uptight. Now when you get uptight, you blow it even more. So finally, I got so nervous because now Brian wasn't even looking at me. He, he would... De- deliver his lines oh, to somebody else. So I went up to the director, and because uh, I was so n- nervous now and thrown, I went up to the director and I said, "Hey, look, am I holding up stuff? Am I, you know, screwing up? I mean, my." He said, "No, why?" I said, "Well, I've been going up on lines, and I think Brian is mad at me." <laughs> he said, "The hell with him," <laughs> which which kind of was cool. He said, yeah. "You're not doing anything. Get back there." You know, I get back into the scene. Yeah, so I yeah. just went and and it was fine after that. But still, there was this thing between, uh, which I may have made up, between me and Brian, which was kind of, you know, a little edgy there. And so that's, after uh, uh, Breaking Bad, that, that's when I phoned everybody and said, I'm out. I don't need this. I, I, I'm gone. I'm doing my own work. If I screw well, I thought, up on I, my own lines. First of all, I, I, one thing people in may not know this for me the smaller the part they may not know the harder it's to memorize because you're yeah, saying something exactly. weird out of context you come in and as the weirdo delivery no guy backstory. you have dungarees you're not in flow hey amber what'd you do today i got coffee that you could memorize it's a to and flow when you're the weird guy coming in and especially if you have scientific lab things or it's and i i used to try for See, that's why i did homeless stuff they don't go to labs yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. have doctor shit. You just shit come to in, say. and you know. But do you have it? The, the smaller the You're part. Like, Where's plus, my pants? Plus, <laughs> all right, the, I'm done. The small parts is more pressure to memorize because it's one yes. line. I, I remember yeah. when I was a writer on Seinfeld for a season. One guy kept flubbing a line, and Larry David is going, "This fucking guy has one line." That's my Larry David impression. <laughs> he can't get his fucking one line, and I'm thinking. Yes, it's harder to do one line because you're yeah. the guest weird guy. You have to hit it out of the park. And right. there's so much, like you said, pressure. And, um, well, I thought you already had it with the business. Tell your friend's story. You missed the heckles, the next-door neighbor, and how you thought, all right, I've got a regular gig. I'm going to be a regular oh, friend. Right. yeah. That's well, that, that had... No, I thought you said you were done after that. No, no but... <laughs> He's been done a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you have... I, and anything when you when you give up, what's your uh, what's paying the rent? When you give up, what's paying? You know, you need to be hit a couple of times hard before you you just don't walk away just for no reason or just one time. But uh, when I was doing uh, Mr. Heckles. Heckles, I had done four shows, you know, just one at a time. You know, hey, we want you back. Hey, we want you back. Hey, we want you back. And then th- uh, the um, when you do six shows, you're not uh, hired. You have to be you're recurring. Uh, uh, you're they recurring. pay to hold you. Yeah, you, you you can't be paid less than a very big salary. Mm-hmm. It says you're you are now a recurring character. Well, I had done four, so I was like thinking, hey, maybe, maybe, maybe. And, and right got, in the inception of the show, that's right. when you have the most hope. You're in the beginning. They're forming characters. Yeah. So I did four, and then my agent called, because uh, there were a long time between these four. You know, It wasn't right. like, hey, we're going to have you back. You just get a call and say, hey, we want you again. So I did the, the fourth one. Then a long time goes by, and my agent calls up, and he says, hey, you got, you got a, I got some good news and bad news for uh-huh. you. I go, okay, well, what's the good news? He says, you got a fifth friend's. He, he and me both knowing what that meant. Yeah, I'm on the cusp. Yes. And I said, whoa, man, that's so cool. What and, and at the time, Friends was like a mega oh, hit. Oh, it was mega hit because this had, now was in the third or fourth year already. You and, and you said that he, he had an interesting, it started with the craft service, you know, bagels, and then by the time it's salmon and shrimp and remember? Oh, you can tell how good a show is doing by the craft services <laughs> table. Yeah. So at this point, the, fi- the fifth one, uh, the fourth one, it was a groaning board. So, uh, okay, so I said, so what, okay, so it's a fi- the fifth one, you know, I'm, I'm back. Wow, that's cool. What could be the bad news? He says, they're killing you. Oh. I go, what? He says, yeah, they're, they're killing you off. I go, why? I, says, I don't know why. So uh, 
I was so incensed. I mean, really incensed. Because in my mind, I had already bought a house. I was yeah. standing in right. the driveway. I right. was actually standing <laughs> in the driveway. In your fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Literally. And uh, I mean, in Where was between, the house? Where was the house going to be? It was in Venice? the hills. In the <laughs> All the hills. hills. <laughs> so, I mean, in between your back, you got the fifth show. And the bad news, that was I bought the house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was in, within There's some seconds. people who literally buy it, but it's just <laughs> smart you didn't. So when I showed up at the, uh, at the, at the you know, table to get read. together, the table read, you know, there's salmon and lox <laughs> and steak and <laughs> Listen, I just couldn't. I'm sorry to interrupt, but, I, but I've had things where you're the guest guy, they're giving gifts at Scrubs. We're picked yeah. up and they're giving them plasma TVs and <laughs> hugging and I'm just the guest guy. Yeah, all the celebration. So, so all that is going on and, and there's millions of people. For the, it was, I think maybe the first show of the season, you know, so. Yeah, the, we're back, we're number one. Yeah. And um, so... I just march over. I see the two, the three uh, producers uh, just Marta standing Kaufman together. And the big deals. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're standing, uh, talking to themselves in the midst of this. It was like a cocktail party. That's what yeah. it was. Only, only everybody had juice instead of you know. Right, right, right. So, but it was that big, and so I walked over. And they turned to me and said, "Larry," and I go, "What the hell are you people doing, <laughs> man?" And they were just <laughs> shocked. They just, I, what? And they didn't know what to say. You he know? said, "Why'd you kill me?" Yeah, yeah. No, I said, "What the hell are you? What did you do? What the hell did you do, man?" You, if you said the F, you could say it here. Well, no, I, didn't I didn't. I, I okay. just said, so "What hell. the hell?" And they were just shocked, and they were just shocked and stunned. <laughs> and I thought, "Oh my God, what have I just done?" I, you know, I just like. <laughs> uh, so they, they said, "Well, we." Uh, one, uh, we, Plus, I you said they, they built a Mr. Heckle's apartment. You were all excited. That this was is, on the fourth show. You're on, you have your own set. This is yeah. yours. That was the fourth show. So I figured, you know, hey, I'll you got be an back apartment. At least. So uh, after that, say? nobody, they didn't say anything. They, they just said, scared. well, uh, um, it was a writing thing. They didn't know what to say. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of faded back. I, by then, it had sunk in what I had just done. Uh, because the conversation stopped, I yelled it. I yelled it out loud, and so conversation had stopped, and so I backed away. I just said, oh, okay, listen, uh, cool, and I just went to the craft service table. But from that point on till I was released at the end of the shoot, nobody talked to me. Nobody. If I was at the craft, if I if there was people at the craft service table, and I went over, they walked away. I mean, it was just weird. Yeah, it was just weird. But looking back on it, uh, I, I'm sorry that I the the only yeah regret I have is me thinking that I did a bad thing, M- me telling them that was a great thing. No, no, it's, it's just you know to be able to you, say what the hell are you, you think know, you're doing. There's two ways to look at it. Like I I I'm on eggshells every show because you want to be brought back. Even yeah, if it's a it's show, crazy. I even if it's a show I feel miserable. You want to hear? I'll have shows, these kid shows where they throw food at me and I'm the skinny middle-aged guy and they kick me in the head. I go, I don't want to do this. But you still want to hear at the end, we'll have you back. You still want that. So so there's a part of me that goes, yeah, you got to like stay out of the way. There's another part that hears stories about guys that go, fuck you, you'll give me this. And they're respected and they get stuff. Yeah. So I get confused. You know what I mean? People that go, give me this and I'm not taking your shit. You know what I mean? Well, I just thought at when it was all over and I, I went home, I said, okay. And that started me on the, I don't belong here. It's just not I that it's just I can do something else yeah that that i'm doing the wrong thing i'm making good money at doing the wrong thing but i'm doing the wrong thing and i've always thought since since then that uh until i finally phoned my agent and said okay it's over thank you <laughs> well <laughs> um, we have the same agent i had a similar thing uh th- that um oh i had i left i'm sorry i i was uh, that it was a cubicle thing you know you, you see these people working yeah, in cubicles yeah, yeah. and yeah. offices that's my idea of show business. Well, uh, yeah. working in Hollywood. That, well, so you know, that's why I left because well, it was cubicle work. Well, well, for me, I was on the road as a stand-up, 
And I never trusted my feelings. I go, why am I miserable? Am I a sore loser? Am I not trying hard enough? People, it's the ultimate. You should love it. And and my act is very low-key and subtle, and they'd switch me with the middle act, or I'm in Texas, and they're screaming out anti-Jewish things. And it never felt right, and I never... And it took me years to accept my heart fell out of it. I like telling stories, but not these comedy clubs where they're drunk and you're following a guy that does a mariachi thing and spits at the audience, you know, and screams out theme songs. It's in the right venue. I'd like to do it, but not the the thing. So I was so thrilled when I started doing guest spots to say, oh, I'm not on the road as a comedian. I'm in show business. I thought, hey, uh, executives are seeing me. But then, it, yes, it did feel like a day job. But now that I'm expressing myself, my book, uh, maybe we'll have you back, and my Seinfeld, your Kindle single, and, and Fred and Vinny, these are things I didn't, well, I made money from the Kindle single, but they're labors of love expressing myself. And, and even this podcast, I don't think I'll make money from, but I'm enjoying this. So when you have those things, now the guest star stuff is kind of fun if it comes to me effortlessly, because it's not exactly. the one thing I do. It's just, hey, I do this too. And, and I used to poo-poo it, like, years ago, going, oh, I've never been a regular. And like I said, I'm hearing Brad Garrett complaining he's only making 400000 an episode and Ray's making $2 million. And, and, you know, and, and, and they're all getting the scripts for the next one. They're getting their gifts. They're hugging each other, talking about their houses. But now that I'm older, I go, you know, I appreciate just having lots of different adventures. And, and one of the things I appreciate the most is... Um, I've done a few guest spots on kids shows. Have you done the like the Drake and Josh or Wizards of Waverly Place stuff? I I think I maybe did one a long long time ago, but no, that's you not know, my bag. and as broad and <laughs> stupid as they are, they're like vaudeville. Like the yeah. only fun one, the ones that aren't fun is when they want me to be Ben Stein on Quaaludes. Like the joke is. Talk slower, Fred. I'm a very excitable teacher. It's not fun talking slowly, deliberately. But when kids when kids come up to a now 21 or adults, go, you were on a Drake and Josh. To be part of someone's childhood is is something is very special when they recognize oh, me, yeah, kids. Yeah. So so I still I um yes, it's you got to be creative. I learned and and you know when I was younger. The one thing, you know, I hang out with this guy, Jimmy, who you were at Flappers with, a a 27-year-old Chinese guy, comedian, and part of me envies him. He's got the whole world ahead of him, but but when I had the whole world ahead of me, I had so much more depression and anxiety because it was ahead of me and the pressure, got to get a pilot, got to make it happen now, then now that I'm older and the expectations are less, just do a quirky thing here and there, you know what I'm saying? Well, I know what you're saying, but that's not... Uh, how Maybe I look at up it. The medicine. I, I look at it that um, I'm uh, talking to the mic. Now this, this is so good. I have the whole world ahead of me. That's me too. Well, I think it. I think it would be difficult because here you are doing what you you know having a. It's a doing what I've always wanted to do when I somebody said, hey, you could be an actor and get a lot of money. And I thought, well, did yeah. you, what a cool thing. Well, and did, yeah, and did you have the same thing, Larry, I had, like I said before, you're on these sets thinking, all the executives that see me, I'm in showbiz, I'm making a living showbiz, I'll be on more TV shows. But for me, I, I just stayed at that level. So, so but, did you think you, you're just moving along? I I didn't know why I wasn't I, as happy as I, I am now. Okay, yeah, I I was just uh, kind of numb to in my situation. In other words, I thought I'm I'm an actor. I'm making money and I will make more money, and this can go on for a while because I'm I'm doing okay. I I yeah, I had the same thing. So it never bothered me until it started internally. I said, "Wait, I don't belong here," and that. That's and then each time I had some sort of these lines are too hard to memorize. I gotta stay up all night to memorize. I said, "What am I doing this?" You know. Uh, so you it, basically had to reach a point of so much pain and dis- discomfort to like make yeah, a, a decision. Yeah, and it just wasn't. I'm thinking, yeah. This is not. A, I w- a, a, and uh, when I called my and I this is really interesting. A lot of my friends and even my grandfather they reach a, a point. Where you go through a marriage, you raise kids, uh, and then the kids leave the house, and then uh, you have an em- the, the empty nest thing. Okay, I've never gone through that, but I have friends who went through that, go through that. 
And um, my grandfather did the same thing. He, when the kids got out of the house, you know, they, and and I would go visit him, and um, they start both grandfathers started to do crazy things from the empty nest syndrome. They started to spend money like crazy, or they started to. Uh, uh, one of my grandfathers bought a uh, a red convertible. Uh, <laughs> so you're having thing. the empty nest thing now. Well, me well, too. Smoking pot all of well, a sudden. What, what I'm saying life. is that really, that yeah. uh, you they. They they were put away, or they were put to a home, or they or the money the money was taken away from them, and they were considered uh, not all. What is he? The old old word was uh, um, senile. A senile. They were they were becoming senile. That was the label for them, and so they were looked at like that. And then when I gave, I called my agent and I said, "Okay, it's over. I'm out. What are you going to do? I don't know. I don't care. I'm out." And I'm going to sit at home until something, or, or you know, just hang until something occurs to me, which is scary. So I, I oh do yeah that. yeah it's and then there's this time where nothing is going on, but I'm not going back, and, and you just stay there. And I thought, okay, this is the empty nest. My I've given up everything that I've worked to till now, and then uh, this empty nest. And then I started going back. When was the last time I had fun? That was the next thought. Right. And then I thought, well, when I was a stand-up comedian. Why? Because you were doing your own stuff and nobody was telling you to memorize this and nobody was ordering you around, good or bad. I was doing my own stuff. I was having fun, man. So I started to go back to doing that and then I suddenly realized what my grandfather was doing. No, they weren't senile. <laughs> Since their life was finished for that point, empty nest, I took, I raised a family, I got them out of the house, I'm a good you know, father. They go back to what what was going on before, before they started that trip. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was a single guy well, look, in, I, in, their fa- in their grandfather. I don't know mind. if this is the same thing. I'm not plugging my book, but... No, no, I'll never make a penny. There was a lawsuit. But the thing is, I had the goal. I wanted to have a book published w- about the guest star life. I never thought, I'll make a lot of money. It'll be a bestseller. All I wanted to do was have the book published. It took 10 years. So it's that same passion when you want to have something done. It's not about, oh, I'll make the money or make this. And I have that about expressing myself and what what Larry's talking about. And Larry's like me, and I don't fit into puzzles. Either we're, we're who we are. I'm not going to adapt to, you know, the stuff. So you get to a point where you, you know when you're wasting your time on these auditions and everything. Yeah, or or you can look at it the other way, is that um, you finally find out who you are, really. And I, I think that's what happened. Once I gave up, I, I called and said, okay, I'm out. That was the inklings oh, that this is you're what starting I, to find out. This is what I are. wanted to say. Like, I got to a point where I got ruined in a good way because I did an animation series for about four seasons. And you come in, you don't shave like I am now, you're having fun, and... You know, so I didn't have the desperation, and I did the movie Fred and Vinny, and I did the books, and I go, wait a minute, this this I love. So, so then I it made it harder to go on these cattle call auditions for stuff I'm not right for. I have a New York Jewish accent, so then I got to somewhere. One audition was a big thing for you know the what's his name Zach Galifianakis. They have the not him, but the kind of hey dude, and he's taking the swigs. He's the philosopher, dude. Rule number three with chicks, and he's the slob, and so not me. So I had a few times where I walked out of auditions. I go cool, and and, and <laughs> but it was liberating and scary as hell. Because in one way, it's like it's such a freedom to go. I can't. I don't even think I'm brave. There was one audition I walked out of, not. Because there's no way I could do it. There's no way I could say the words in front of this group of people after waiting an hour. So it was liberating, but a scary go, Fred, once you do this, there's no going back. What's next? So it, it gets scary. But I, again, I still love acting. If someone wants me in something, if it's something right. That being said, we had the same agent. And uh, he's a character in that... Um, I wrote about my, my book, and he doesn't mind that he'd always want to try to get something for free. Like I wrote on Seinfeld, and they did the DVDs where I was doing commentary as a writer. And he goes, there's no money, but I got real creative. They're going to give you a se- every season of Seinfeld DVD and me too. So you pick up mine and bring it to me. I go, I'm not your delivery boy. I'm not going to bring, you know. This is already I was getting resentful because every job, 
it was someone I worked with, someone asked for me, not something, is that okay to level? Okay. Not, not saying they did, but they always say, we got you this thing. So, so then every time a new season of Seinfeld would come out, he'd call me up, did you get your DVD set? I didn't get mine yet. I go, stop with that. You know, and, he, and, and then, so then I did this movie, Little Man, and the same thing. They want me, when you're on the commentary, they don't pay you, but he goes, I got creative again. 12 DVDs, we'll split him of Little Man. I go, first of all, why are we splitting them? You're supposed to get 10%. And I go, you saw Little Man with me at the premiere. It's a kid's. He goes, yeah, they're free. I want him. So so basically, he's a real good guy. And what I loved about him was that he did nothing. Because I hate auditions, too. I know from experience, I would when they had fax machines and the, and the sides would come in and nine, I go, stop, stop, too many pages. You know, I, I, again, I, I know I'm so specific and almost everything I get is someone wants me. So, so I'm going, this guy's great because I hate auditions and, and I was getting spoiled doing creative things. But then I start thinking, you know, hanging out with the young guy, Jimmy, you know, maybe... Maybe I should try to do pilots, and there's things out there. One, one of the stories was one time I stopped by Mike's office, and I said, hey, how come no auditions? He goes, it's dead, it's dead. He points to his computer, like that's evidence. So then I go to say mm -hmm. hi to Gloria. I go, what's going on? She goes, can't talk to you. I'm crazed. I'm cra I go, I thought it was dead. You know. So this one agent never submitted me for anything. And Mike goes, oh, she just does Sons of Anarchy and gritty shows. Well, there's more things. So then I thought, all right, I I I, I want to leave. Yeah, I because one part of the agency totally shut me out because I I, I used to like lie, and, and I didn't want to do an audition. So I got a voiceover job. I wish I could. And if I had as many voiceover auditions uh, jobs as I'd be Tom Kenny, I'd be a gazillionaire to make up to get. Finally, I start saying I. The part doesn't feel right. If I go in there and read for this Southern redneck, I'm going to suck and they'll never bring me in again. I'm not a Southern redneck. So the one, she goes, all right. And then you think they get it. And then I never hear from them again. So long story short, I finally leave him, find a new agent. And I'm relieved because he doesn't submit me anymore too. Yes. <laughs> but I wanted to show I was trying. And uh, I want to ask you, um, about playing Kramer. Now, it was interesting. Now, the people, I hope, are listening. Usually, the way it goes, if you're someone like Larry who's been around, if you have to audition, you do a thing like go to producers. If you're starting out, if you're not, if you're more green, it's called a, what's it called? A, a first read, where it's just 40, 50 people for a casting agent. And then if they like you, they say, wait around, come back later in the year afternoon or another day for the producers. So usually for a guest spot, you'd audition for the producers with about 10 other people, and then they'd book you. Now why, uh, tell the story, when you played Kramer, you had to come in four times for a guest spot? I think it was five. Five? Yeah. Now, why was that? And that I, I think even at that I'd go, no, but you knew it was the biggest, biggest show? Like, what, what were they making you do different each time? And... Um, I have no idea to this day, and uh, when I, uh, and that was the other thing, you know, the audition show, uh, the audition uh, process. Uh, Soul killer. I never, I, I never understood the process because I, I, why I went five times was because I liked the part. But, that was all. But what were they having you do different each time? Like, couldn't Nothing. they get that you look like Kramer? You're lanky, you're hysterical, you should be crane. I mean, were there other people like you there? What was, there, who was no, in the hall? There was, <laughs> who they, else they was were in the auditioning hallway? short people, bald people, To be Kramer? For, yeah, I mean, no, but I was the only guy who looked like Michael, and Michael had, uh, uh, yeah, I, I was the only guy who looked like the guy who Kramer really was, the real Kramer. I kind of looked like him, as, as did Michael. But other than me and Michael, and we never auditioned at the same time, I never met him at the audition, the people who I auditioned with for Kramer were people who didn't look anything like me. Short, fat, bald, so, old, young. I mean, it was really weird. So tell me about what? Yeah, hold on. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, get it by the mic. So, Are you so I, I never, okay. I, I never uh, so, uh, understood the the process, but I liked the part. And since it was not on the air, there was no reason for me to think it was going to be big or small or great. Did or you anything. have to read the same scene? And each yeah, time? I read the same scene each time, and uh, each time there was five different other or six different other people in the room auditioning. No, oh. auditioning with me, but they were still not. Uh, not Michael Richards, and they didn't look anything like me. And there was always one guy in the room. There was always uh, there was Jerry. There was uh, Larry, uh, uh, the management. Um, Costanza, you know uh, George. George. And so I didn't, uh, but I didn't Alexander. know who Larry was. I, I didn't know which guy. He I wasn't didn't know there was a Larry. Then. Yeah, mm. I, I didn't know there even uh, Larry existed. I, there was five or six people in the room, three of which I. I recognized from other things. I was a big fan of Seinfeld. Uh, and I knew, I, I assumed that one of the guys was a director and one was a producer. So who is this this other guy? And I was getting mad at him because this guy would keep on asking me to come in the door again. You know, the what Michael Richards yeah, finally, yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. He'd say, come in the door again. Do a uh, Kramer entrance. For the Kramer. Oh, yeah, no, it was... It was it, it, no, it was on the air. It was just this new thing. Uh, I, I'm, right. I got mixed up. It was on the air right. for a while. So I kept on coming in the door each time, you know, trying to be funny. And this guy, this bald guy, kept on saying, do it again, do it again. And when you go out, well, like here, it wasn't in the hallway. When you go out of the room to come in, yeah. you were in the lobby. Uh, you, you were in the waiting room where all the other actors were waiting <laughs> and, the, and the secretary. So they would wonder, you know, why is this guy coming in and going out? You know, what? what did you do differently when so you came I, the door? N- nothing, because I didn't know what was going on. I right. just wanted to part. But the last time, the fifth time, I was ready to also bark at them saying, what the fuck are you people doing? You know, right. Why am I here all the time? Make up your mind. So they this guy, this bald-headed guy, said, come in again for the third time in this one audition. Come in again. I said to the secretary when I got out there, I said, who's the bald guy in there? <laughs> and she said, that's Larry David. He writes and produces it. And I said, oh, because I was going to go in there and fucking chew his head off. But I won't. You know, because he's Larry David. Right. So I went in there. I was very nice. I did the thing, and I left. And I said to my agent, I, you know, Mike, I said, don't, I don't care if I don't get it. I'm not going back there. They're crazy over there. And that's when I got the call to, you know. Now, a bunch of questions, <laughs> and one of them, uh, let me see what it's from, uh, asked, before, before Seinfeld... Well, what was the thing he uh, got? Um, he appeared in my favorite WKRP episode. Was that the TV acting role he was most recognized before Seinfeld and Friends? Like people come up to me to go, where do I know you from? Or they hear me talk, you're famous. Tell me where. And I have to list my credits. Like usually, you know, if it's a teen, I go, Wizards of Waverly Place. I always start with Seinfeld, Raymond. They go, no, what else? If it's a black guy, I say Rebound, Little Man. Do people ask where they know you from? Or is it yeah, always Seinfeld? And, and I, I, I did that for like maybe two or three or four or a hundred times. And then I just blow them off. I can't. I, yeah, I'll give you the, the story. Okay. I was in St. Louis and I was in a shoe store and I was buying a pair of shoes. And these, <laughs> these like 14-year-old kids come in. Huh. About half were, half were black, half were white. They were a little gang. A little gang of kids came in. Okay, maybe one was from? 16. Maybe, yeah. You know, the, he was hurting them. And they come in and they come over and they go, oh man, look at who that is. And they came over to me and they surrounded me. And they were all beaming. Oh, I forgot said, to say Billy Madison, Home Alone. Yeah. Sorry. I'll shut up. <laughs> Tell the story. So uh, they, they said, um, what, what, uh, what, what are you in? And that's like a, already I had been doing a couple of years of this. So I, I froze. I go, well, I, I don't know if I, yeah, no, man. No, no. We, we really like you. What are you in? What are you in? And I started this, Listing the this, credits. this, this, this. I listed about three or four. Married with children. And they're, they're saying, no, 
Yeah. No, no, no. And I, so finally I said, look, I can't stand here and give you my entire yeah. credits. And so they, this one little kid who was asking all the questions said to the others, all right, let's get out of here. This guy sucks, man. He's a real creep. Let's go. And they walked out. And I thought, how cool of the kid. I was just being an asshole as far as he was concerned. Do it, do, and I stopped doing it. After that, I said, I'll blow them all off. Yeah. What do you no, say no, I'm sorry, them? sir. Go find out where you saw me and come back, and I'll talk to you. Well, do you I mean, just stop it. Do people think you're ever anyone else? Because I get... I they think I'm the, they're, they're married to their cousin or something. I, I've gotten... Well, see, I'm the type of guy, I'm very isolated, unless they're obnoxious. People they're will obnoxious. Come, people will come up to me, they go, I don't mean to bother you. And then I'm talking. Now I'm bothering them, like a, a, a mature married couple. And now I'm following them around. I'm so glad they broke up the isolation. The only time I don't like it is when. So who are you? Who are you? And they're poking me in the chest. Or I've had a few people recognize me, then ask for money. You got two dollars? And but this happens where I, I learn not to argue with people. Someone will insist I'm someone else. I go, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. Like there's a guy, sadly he passed away and he was in um, Broadway, Danny Rose, and he was in The Warriors and people think I'm him. He had a droopy eye. They go, you were in The Warriors. I go, no, no, I wasn't. I know who you mean. Yes, you were. I go, no, I wasn't. They go, you sure? Like I would have forgotten I was in a seminal Walter Hill movie and I went, you're right, I forgot. You can't argue with these people. Well, I mean, yeah, but you know, you got to take it one, one each individual at, at a time. Some people are really nice, and they oh, uh, they yeah. recognize me, and they say hello, and I say hello, and okay, it's cool. It's that some people don't realize they're obnoxious. Th- th- yeah, because you know, I'm in their living room, but they're not in mine, you know, and they don't know that. And there's no way to say, hey, you think you know me, but you don't know me. Is you there know? any misconceptions? Like with me, it's I'm rich. Like these black guys recognize me. The fact they're black has nothing to do with it. Um, but they point to the Hollywood Hills. They go, he must live up there. And I want to take their hand. No, and point at where it really is. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, look, uh, 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 all the things that we've talked about, they're part of being an, an, an actor. And either you, you like it or you, you don't, but you're an actor. I'm not an actor. So it behooves me to keep on reminding me that <laughs> I'm not an actor. I'm a stand-up comedian, I'm a writer, and I'm a filmmaker. Right. That's what I am. And right. these people are relating to me like an actor. Now, if I was an actor, I'd love that. Oh, don't bang the table. Okay. I think. I'd, I'd, I'd love that. Out. But, but I'm not. All right, let me ask you, have you had any great, great experiences as an actor? I mean, there's yes, fun. Yes, of course. Like, what's the fun stuff? Have you ever the, the fun stuff is hitting your marks and getting it right. Has there ever been a time when you work with someone go, I can't believe I'm working with so and so. I used to watch him as a kid. Or for me, it was I know this sounds crazy. I had a man crush on Treat Williams. I loved him in the movie Hair. Do you know who Treat Williams is? Uh, I was so starstruck. I loved on Raymond meeting Charles Durning and Peter Boyle because I loved Dog Day Afternoon and ask and Taxi Driver and. Um, and I was going to ask you, did you ever work with anyone you had a crush on? Because so you work with Holly Hunter, and we were talking about her. I had a crush on her. No, meaningless. No, I don't know whether it's you know my ADHD or what. Are the other thing was that you were talking um, about Tourette's. No, uh, no what is it? Uh, Tourette's. Well, <laughs> it, it's that. No, I don't have a crush on anybody. <laughs> I, I, I relate, and that's that's one of the mistakes. <laughs> that's, a mistake. that's why I'm not an actor, and that's why I can say that. Is no, I I worked with Holly Hunter, and she was just a person. No, I know she's a person. I well, wouldn't no, stand there but drooling, that's it. That's you know. It. But uh, well, that's a healthy way to approach it. No, no but it's not. With, well, it's not. But you. So you're saying that you've never been starstruck on no. set? No. I, I, maybe I'm starstruck when I'm watching the movie. Yeah. But that's the movie, and I go, "Wow, man! I wish I could, you know." Well, like they that. say but when I meet I meet them, no, they're they're a human being. And well, you know that cliche, and I don't relate to them that way. And sometimes it's not cool oh. to not relate to them that way. Uh, well, I've had like it like Brian Cranston. I would just, you know. Go up and ask him questions, and sometimes he was nice, and he was a human being, and sometimes he was Walter, Walter White. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but when he was, you know, when I, but I don't, no, I, I've never had. I that. just got to say, but if I was an actor, I would, of course. 
I, you know, filmmakers, I'm starstruck. When they, yeah, actually, Quentin Tarantino was the one guy I wanted to meet the most. And I love him more, not for his movies, his passion, the way he talks about movies. He's, and there's this farmer's market table you came to once, and, and Amber came this morning, and he was there to see Paul Mazursky, and I had this delusion. He'd go, Fred Stoller, I saw you in these two-bit parts. You should be a hit man, not just a delivery guy. He had no clue who I was, but he loved Ronnie Shell, this character actor, and all these Disney movies. But when you, so when that cliche, don't meet your idols, I used to love Donald Sutherland because people thought I was like Donald Sutherland, and I'd see him in these movies, and he's this goofy guy with all these macho people and the Dirty Dozen. So I did extra work on a movie, um, became Heaven Help Us, and there was a there was like a uh, four hundred extras, and the AD goes, "Any comedians?" And one guy went up. Then I said, "I'm a comedian. I thought I could get the director's attention." And I was killing only because they were starved for attention, and you know, and uh, I was doing real jokes for my act. And Donald Sutherland pushed me off. Because he was trying to be funny, he goes get off. Anyone could get laughs doing jokes about a Jewish holiday, and he and he was really. And then I would tr- pass in the halls, say hi, and and he wouldn't look me in the eye, and and everyone was like, for the next few days, I was the extra. I was like the star. All the extras, you're funny, you're funny. I didn't get a part, but it was disillusioning meeting Donald Sutherland. <laughs> well, that's mm. why I don't want to like people. Star- I don't. I don't think starstruck is cool. Not starstruck, but again, it's that teen thing. Norm MacDonald said something. He's most impressed by people he met before he got into the business. Now when you're in the business, I mean, I'm more excited meeting someone from a show. I watched it as a kid, like the Bob Newhart show, like Jack Riley, than if I met George Clooney. It's the, it's that, that you know, childhood stuff. Okay, here's, here's the... Uh, yeah, sure. To me, what's exciting is people who made me want to be a character actor, and I meet them. So did you not want to be a character actor growing up? I never up? wanted to be a, an actor. I never right. wanted I was I was tricked into it by by I saying was, a lot of money and he, here you can do this. But I I'm a stand-up comedian and see, a it's funny. That's it. I, I I like being creative and expressing myself like this is fun if people like it is this going okay? Yeah. It's okay. Great. But I I was tricked into stand-up because I I didn't know how you became a character actor, and then someone said, Freddie Prince, Jimmy Walker, they went to the improv, they did their act, and they got on The Tonight Show, then they got a sitcom. I go, that's all I have to do. So I fantasized being on The Tonight Show, going, this is only my second time doing stand-up. And uh, I remember when I was a stand-up, Robin Williams would film all day Moscow and the Hudson, and then he'd come in and all night do sets and at the catch, a rising star. And I go, if I'm in a movie, I'd be so nervous. I want to wake up early. But he, they, you know, so it's all different uh, temperaments. So could I, well, do you have any questions? You, could I ask questions? What? Yeah. Should, well, shouldn't you be, oh, oh, talking to me now, but uh, shouldn't one be drawn to that which has ease absolutely you know this is a thing i I, i'm all into the deepak chopra stuff he got a little weird lately but effortlessness and yes i used to beat myself up thinking you know fred you should write anime movies it's you know you should do like like a guy in a middle evil movie but that's not me no there's nothing wrong with it coming effortlessly you got to put work into it but it shouldn't be this crazy strain so i'm all for Effortlessness. I just think sometimes we're confused on exactly what we want, and then you know, if you're starting to get a bunch of guest roles, you're like, "Well, I, sh- I, I should, should love, this. I should love this." So, was there a time? I'm curious, like when you weren't doing so much stand up and you started to get booked more in TV shows, was there a time where you're like, "Okay, well, I guess I am an actor." And did you never you have... wanted to be one? Never. I know, but never. did you what, ever? What happened was, I was, uh, I w- went from stand up comedy to Second City and then Second City to the, the committee, which is an offshoot of the, the Second City. And then from that, I, I became an actor. But I became an actor because as I was in the show, the, the committee show up in San Francisco, I was there for 10 years. In between shows, you know, like on a day off or I took off a week, I would go down to Hollywood to do something. But that was a lark. That yeah. was... Hey, not only am I in this show and I'm it's a successful show in San Francisco, but every once in a while I get the hang. Well, when I wrote on and Seinfeld, I get to act. 
And then when the committee stopped, that's all I had was being in Hollywood and doing acting. And then it was a drag, although I didn't kind of realize it until it bubbled up. So I was tricked into it in a way. Acting is great. I pulled out my regular, and I was stuck with the thing I did occasionally. Acting is great if it's not the only thing you do. If if it's not the only thing you do. But I I was like Larry in a comfort zone when there used to be a lot of sitcoms doing a lot, and I'm so busy doing them and reading and running around that, you know. Now, when you say San Francisco, a question people have, is that how you got Escape from Alcatraz? Yeah, I was up in San Francisco, and that was like a lark, you know. And you had a big part. A huge part. I never did a drama. Now, was was it fun? It was fun because I was still working in San Francisco. So I had a day... a, a weird day gig, night gig. Wow. In other words, my day gig was working in improv uh, in San Francisco in a hit show, Lines Around the Block. Wow. So that was my day gig. It was at night. But in other words, you know, don't quit your day gig. So all of a sudden, I was invited down to uh, L.A. to read for a Clint Eastwood movie. Hey, man, how cool. Something to talk <laughs> about when I come back, you know. Oh. So, uh, and then I lucked into that because it was See, to just me, that luck. Would, that would be so much fun being in a prison and not being the nebbish and not being a delivery guy. And I, I was the nebbish, though. That yeah. was where it started But still, to you're turn. in prison. I, I will always That's be the nebbish, but I want to be... <laughs> I, I, um, I'll always be... Like, I did a TV movie with Ta- Tony Danza in Canada, and it was so much fun. We were garbage men and riding on a truck. To be, even at, even that, being on a locker room rather than the, the stale sets. I mean, people look at me with stand-up like, it's the ultimate. It's it's a great thing if you're great, but you can't dabble. So I know people, when I, I fell, into a, fell into a writing job on Seinfeld, and people resented me, you fell into this, this is the ultimate dream, but who are we to judge what people's dreams are? It's where the, the passion goes and everything. Um, let me let me ask you some more questions. <laughs> this is not a good question uh, from Sylvia Graves. What would be his perfect dream role? Uh, so we 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 established Emmett Demas, the outlaw Emmett Demas. That's one of your characters. That's what I'm writing. That's the movie okay. I'm going to make. That's a good answer. Um, Thank you. Um, let me see. Lou DiMaggio asks asks him how he found himself hanging out with Bob Dylan and the band back in the basement tape days. Who, wow, that was, who knows? I mean, I can tell you how, okay. but I mean, that came out of, that's, that's like yeah. you know, lightning, catching lightning. Um, I got a uh, a call from, uh, hanging out with, got a call from Robbie Robertson. How I wow. got a call from, how he even got my number, I don't know, but it was at uh, the time of Big Pink, you know, the, their their first album, Big Pink. I got a call from Robbie Robertson. Hey, you know, Rob, well, yeah, and... Um, he said, I, I want you to write a movie for me, uh, with, uh, for me, with me. Uh, and I go, where did he know you from, the committee and everything? That's what I said. Where does this come from? How did you get my number? I mean, it was literally, I said that. I said, how did you get, get my number? He said, well, I got it from uh, my agent who called your agent, but Bob Dylan told me to call you. I go, what? How? He said, I don't know. Bob, Bob told get me to call you. Here. You would Bob write Dylan. To, to call me. So when I went to big, uh, to, when I went to Bearsville, to write with Robbie and and the band, Dylan showed up at one at one of the sessions. We were outside in the wow. backyard playing uh, football, and he came up to me and I and I said, "What? How did? Why did you tell uh, Robbie to call me? Where did that come from? I don't know you. I mean, I know you, but I don't. You know what?" He said, "Well, you were a stand. You are uh, a stand-up. You were a stand-up comedian in the village, right?" I go, "Yeah." He said, "Well, that was when I was there, which was right. I wow. remember hearing his name." He said, "I used to go see you all the time." Oh know? my god! So he, I thought you were pretty funny, and he wanted a funny movie, and I said, "Call Larry." So that. And, and <laughs> so did you write the movie? No. Oh. Well, did this... well, I wrote. I wrote. I wrote a thirteen-page uh, poem. Uh, because that's all they were doing. In other words, I just fall in with what's going on. Well, you'll, they were all writing songs, so I thought I'd, I'd write the the thing as a, as a as a rhyme. And when I showed it to Warner Brothers, who was paying me this huge amount Jeez. to write the movie, they said, "Well, where's the script?" I said, "Well, it's kind of a song." And they go, "What?" Send it here right away. I I, said, I can even sing it for you. He said, "No, no, no, just send it." So I sent it. 
And they called me back. Uh, no, I went to see him. He said, I read it. Uh, come to the office. So I went, when I got back to uh, L.A., I went to the office, and he said, you owe us $35,000. <laughs> and I go, why? He said, we didn't pay you for a song. We paid you for a screenplay. I said, well, that's it. You know, that, that's what I got. That, that's it. The contract's So you weren't over. starstruck then? I am never. Starstruck is a really bad thing. I don't like being starstruck. It's not good at all. No, I'm I'm unhealthy. Uh, Let me ask you. (laughs) Here's this question you like because this is more up your alley. Uh, Mumble Slam said, uh, "I love Larry. What's going on with Larry Hankins' street stories? And is there a chance he'll appear on Better Call Sal? I could answer the second question. If he is going to be on Better Call Sal, I assume he's not allowed to say." But uh, the first part, this guy knows your work. Uh, what, what was the name? What was the uh... Mumble Slam? He's no, on no. Uh, and what he was wants to know Mike... uh, Larry Hankin's Street Stories. Oh, Street Stories. Yeah, that's a that's a film. That's Emmett Demas. Uh, that's the second or third film. I, I've written three. I'm in the process of raising the money for the first one right now. Well, let me ask you a little thing about me. Your advice, uh, everyone here. Now, this is maybe my first one. Now, people are giving me different advice. Uh, Mike, who's not here, is thinking, oh, don't make it about you. You be the focus. Don't. Uh, it's not all guests, but Amber's saying it shouldn't just be me. It should be conversations. You you think Fred Stoller and friends. So do you have any uh, advice? Uh, for, know, what? For, the, for what? This for this be. podcast. Oh, for the fo- podcast. You could chime in. What, what do you think? Okay, no, you could chime um, in your advice. I, 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 like I don't this. know what what is going to... The best way is just to show up every day or week or whatever and just keep doing these and you'll find out. Okay. It'll because, shake down. Because I, I, Mike was saying, you know, Fred, you should tell your stories, but I've get, been getting my stories in, right? In this? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, and I almost think you have to have a guest. All right, Mike disagrees. He says it's hard, but I will get one. Even if it's not a big guy like Larry, it could be my friend Charles who quit comedy to become Orthodox Jewish. There and, you go. And, and resents it in me. But Yeah, it, it, Yeah, you'll get your stories in. Yeah, for so sure. I got some stories in? Yeah. You know? And it was uh, great, and you had oh, an this incredible guest. I owe you so much, Larry. He's done, like I said, a bunch of these favors we had at the Meltdown. We had one at SAG where we told these guest star stories. Um, I I totally am on your side with wanting to. Life is short, and and to me, my my mantra is hospitality, expression, experience, and expression, and and creativity. You know, so just ex- help people Words out, to live by. have an experience, and be creative. And um, try and think of any other questions. Okay. The only other question is, uh, what was Holly Hunter like? No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, no, uh, what was? Um, I was fighting for. See, that's that's. I think that gives me a guard against being awestruck or starstruck. Is I am so into remembering my lines, I don't have time to be starstruck. No, I'm not drooling. I got to remember my lines. I had a crush. I had a crush. On Vicki Lewis, a redhead, only because she reminded me of someone else. Then I was going to ask her out. Someone said, dude, she's lived with Nick Nolte in Malibu for 10 years. She's not going to go from Nick Nolte to your little apartment without the air conditioning, okay? And, and uh, they were right. And then, I, you know, Hollywood is so weird because you have this weird random things. I was in an acting class, and there was a model, but she seemed to get me, I thought. I go, maybe I'll ask her out. It turned out... She was dating Kiefer Sutherland and before that, Nicolas Cage. It's always Nicolas Cage, Kiefer Sutherland, then Fred Stoller. You know, but it's always this. Then another woman I was with, before me, she dated Harry Dean Stanton and Ed Begley Jr. I love the randomness of... Um, well, you're, right. you're up there. You're with the stars, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, it's something to brag about. That I was with someone that was with Ed Begley Jr. Yeah. You know, you gotta, you got to get excited. Well, uh, um, for the first one, this was okay pacing, not too long, not too short. And, 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 and under the hope that someone may be listening to this, Larry, what would you like to plug or push? Um, Kickstarters, what I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably do uh, just... Uh, go to my Facebook. I'll make an announcement at some point on Facebook. Uh, I'm going to be doing a, 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 an evening of, of my uh, show business stories. 
in in uh, Santa Monica some sometime. Well, I'm going to that, and uh, we had a we had a taste of that. Aren't they great? Yeah, um, it, was, it was really great. It was really nice meeting you. Amber? I'm not starstruck though. Cool. <laughs> okay. Um, what what would you like to say, Amber? And uh, what plug stuff? Yeah. Oh, you can listening. follow me on Twitter, Amber Tozer, not Tozen, tor- not Torzen. Um, <laughs> T-O-Z-E-R, and uh, sometimes get, I do stand-up. Get on uh, Twitter, Twitter. Twitter. I got to get on Twitter. That's fun. Yeah. It's my and, favorite platform. And um, I'm, I, uh, I, we're going to have a theme song, and I'm going to come here every week, guest or not, even if it's bringing my landlord and showing him evidence that I don't have a lot of money. I'm going to keep coming here. And please, this is all things comedy. Support it. How do we support it? You buy the merch. You do the things. I love Bill Burr and Al. And wow. So Bill Burr is cool. I mean, he's funny. He's a funny guy. Yeah. Now, there's a funny. <laughs> now, Fred, that guy is funny. The way he yeah, points to me. listen to Bill Burr? <laughs> yeah, he's pointing <laughs> me now. Wait a minute. That would have been funny, Bill Burr. Bill Burr was a great guy. He, I don't get, okay, I don't get starstruck, but I get starstruck. I get intimidated thinking he's going to go, hey, you're a pussy. I'm a muscular guy. Hey. Uh, uh, you're well, he, a, he works with who he is. You know? But he's, he's cool. a great guy. He was so, so yeah, yeah, all right, this is what I get. I get, I like when someone's aware of me that I like, and he was. Yeah. So that's what I like when they go, I'm a fan of yours. Right. So that was good. And here, let's see what happens. Let's see if uh, the pilot, this pilot goes. This is our pilot. Cool, man. Woo-hoo. Thank you that's so good. much.